Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Face those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a news vitamin, you know. You need the Smart 7. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the smarts? Hey, we got the smarts. The Smart 7, every weekday at 7 a.m. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, I'm John Holmes. It's the The One Show Show, the podcast that peers into The One Show for anything that might be useful, like a tramp looking in a bin outside Greg's. This is part two of this week's edition, so if you're listening to this without listening to part one first, then I should warn you that because we just pile in where we left off, it may fail to make any kind of coherent sense, much like The One Show itself, lols. Joining me this week, Mark Haynes and Helen Monks. Hello and welcome to your live Tuesday One Show with Alex Jones and Gethin Jones. Who oh. is he? What did you make deal? of him, Helen? I mean, I didn't really... I thought that maybe he was married to Alex Jones because they've got the same <laughs> surname. Yeah. And then yeah. I just looked at him a lot on Google Images was mostly my interaction with him. Got <laughs> 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 in a hole. It's been a long lockdown. <laughs> he didn't really say a lot, did he? No, he's just sort of bland. He doesn't sort of... It doesn't have anything about him. That's the problem we have. Well, I'm going to I'm going to pick you up there. He's not just bland. He's like grease that's bland. <laughs> I find him. He's much too relaxed. He sits there with his arm right over the back of the sofa, like you know, hey, this is my territory. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. The way he sits annoys me. I, I just <laughs> cannot. I, I, he's like like mace to me. I, it makes my, you know as soon as he's there, I can I can smell him. <laughs> Listen to this. He's going to be dead. He'll be crying. And look, he shouldn't give a monkey's about what I say. He, you know, I, I am I am of no interest to Gethin Jones other than everything he does seems to be engineered to make my blood boil. <laughs> I don't know what. Maybe he's my nemesis. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was quite clever of them to mark what was Blackout Tuesday. That you know, the day for for social media 
for a lot of media companies, radio stations, and t- TV shows mm. to go dark. And they mentioned that at the top. You know, this is uh, it's uh, it's Blackout Tuesday, and to show our respect for what's going on, uh, we're not going to be putting anything on social media. Said Alex. Um, didn't stop them broadcasting the actual one show, which would have been preferable. <laughs> I know. Of course, that I would know. Have been, that would have been good. But we wanted to start by talking about Blackout Tuesday. Now, this, of course, is a reaction to the killing of George Floyd by police in America last week. Blackout Tuesday began in the music industry and has spread across social and other media and is all about pausing what we're doing to reflect on the worldwide protests against racism. Yes, so tonight, out of respect, there'll be no social media posting from us. And also, they had just two white people presenting it when in their back catalogue and roster of presenters, they could have had Angelica Bell, they could have had Amal Rajan does it, for goodness sake. I mean, The One Show are certainly not the most problematic show on the BBC when it comes to employing people of colour. They do have a good track record of people of colour who work in a... It's hard to say they work in the primary role because it's always been Alex Jones is the lead. So it's always been people who sit in. There isn't a permanent One Show host who is a person of colour. But I don't think they're the worst by any means. It was bold of them to decide that on the one show they would still address this matter. Yes, which they never do because politics is something they steer away from. Completely. And I thought that was a really good thing that they did there. They brought on um, David Olashoga, who is the presenter of... I, I, all I call it now is Who Do You Think Your House Is? And he does Who Do You Think Your House Is? And... They brought him on and what they did was they basically asked questions from a very, you know, not saying, now, David, we all know this is, they were just like, is this to you a pivotal moment? And I thought that the questions were the right questions to ask. So maybe we could start by asking you to try to put this into some kind of context for us. How significant does this moment today feel and the events that have led up to it? Well, it feels more significant by the hour it does begin to look like this could be one of those those landmark moments in this long, horrible history of race relations in America. You know, he's always excellent when he's on. I mean, he's he's too good for the one show, really. Um, when he did his interview last week, they didn't really know what to make of him because he, he, he was intelligent. And that was a problem to sort of like have a conversation going. But they, they are not, they're not Times Radio, is what I'm saying. You know, they haven't, I think they handled it really, really well. It's one of those things about being a daily show that you have to reflect the big stories to some degree. And yeah, I'm sure they would have preferred not to be having two white people just sitting on the sofa. But let's face it, that's the, the, the most likely scenario yeah. when they broadcast oh, the one I show, is they're going to be two white presenters sort of, there. Alex sort of addressed the fact that she was. Why? Everything nearly feels inadequate in this conversation. And as a white woman, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be discriminated against because of my skin colour. It's, it's difficult to, to say the right thing. And it was a sort of... It was holding an accountability to white viewers as well, which I really liked and thought was... Considering it's the one show, Pretty Bold, where she ended the show by see, by basically encouraging people to get educated and to go yeah, away and read yeah, things. Yeah, I agree. Podcast. And it was interesting listening to David earlier because it, it felt like it started as an American story, but now this is a global problem. Watching the footage over the last couple of days, it's just desperately sad, it's frustrating, it's wrong. We need to change, we all need to change, and we need to do that now, don't we? Yeah, I think the key is, is as individuals and as families to read the wealth of articles that are online, to listen to podcasts, all the stuff that's been on the radio today, 
to help each other to become better humans. Yeah. I mean, that's it in a nutshell, really, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. do you know what that reminded me of? That that little sort of bit of reflection at the end, which is always it's always good when presenters are telling you a little bit about themselves because they're there every day and you're suddenly being let into into their lives a bit. It's not a scripted moment. I like them. I like them for doing it. Not Gethin. <laughs> <laughs> not even that. I, th- I thought Gethin in that bit was... He stayed very silent, bit... didn't he? But it <laughs> reminded me a little bit... <laughs> Gethin also, quite an unpleasant name to hear, isn't it? Sort of... Um... <laughs> By just default, get, I'm get, so get. Team Gethin, just so that that's represented. There have been problems with people on Team Gethin in the past, actually. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a, bit, a bit ignorant. <laughs> but uh, it reminded me a bit of like the end of Crime Watch, where Nick Ross used to say, don't have nightmares, do sleep well. Don't have nightmares, sleep well. Good night. Good night. They did a thing where they sort of went, it is really a worrying time and this is big news. Go out there and, and learn something about it. And I thought, I quite like that. I like I like TV shows that, I don't know, that are socially progressive. Yes, although she wasn't specific. She did say, so, you know, I, as a white woman, I find it very difficult. I don't know really what to say. So perhaps we should have uh, had a black presenter. I don't, I don't, no, I don't know what to say. We've got some black presenters, but we didn't invite them on today. So I'll say it. Um, read the articles. Listen to podcasts, she said. No, yeah. <laughs> I think she was point. pointing people towards this one. I like yeah. that. We're here to educate, guys. <laughs> but then yeah. the end of the show, no one-show theme tune. They don't always have a bit of a one-show sting at the end at all, but it just the screen went to black, mm. which yeah. was the, a theme of the day with people posting black screens on social media, and silence for about, I'd say, uh, six to eight seconds. What they could have done was just had that for half an hour instead of the one show. <laughs> and on Keep that the message note, going. Absolutely. Yes, uh, we'll say goodnight and we will see you tomorrow. Well, the other thing about, about, about the blackout is people saying it isn't just a case of saying don't post on your social media. It's saying if you're normally using your social media to promote your work and things, why not use it to promote the work of black artists, black broadcasters? And it would have been very easy to do that with the BBC. They've got their archive. They've got lots yeah. of shows that they could have done that. And that would have been part of that educate yourself remit that Alex was talking about. Did so, you get the impression, though, that because there was a film in this one about Coventry Cathedral, which they said was filmed before lockdown, obviously, yep. but I got the impression that, that behind the scenes, perhaps they'd gone, shit, yeah. have we got any black films? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And they'd rifle through we've got that black artist guy we sometimes use. And it's, it's a, Yeah, thank you. And it's in Coventry Cathedral. Is yeah. it relevant and timely? No, but we've Not got but we've got it, and it's all we've got. Put it on. Put yeah. it on. <laughs> what other videos have we still got left left on the shelf? Well, it's Adabanji. Oh, good, good, good. Anything else? <laughs> um, uh, we've got Giles Corran talking about <laughs> rare breed beef in Suffolk. No, 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 no. Today I'm in Coventry, soon to be city of culture. And one of the jewels in its crown is this stunning modern cathedral. This remarkable cathedral rose from the ashes after the devastating blitz of the Second World War. And it was the children of Coventry who helped pay for one of the stunning stained glass windows that makes this place so special. This was him doing a, a short thing. You know, he's the resident artist who I think 
since we've been doing this podcast, we have seen on two occasions That's this right. being the, sac- the the resident artist. I mean, Three maybe, years we've done this twice. I mean, cropped up. it stretches the whole notion of saying, "Have you got a resident artist?" And you go, "It's like saying I've got my own personal portrait painter." Yeah. And you're talking about a man who drew you at Disneyland when you were eight. <laughs> you know, this video was uh, he was going to talk to some pensioners who, when they were kids, had given their pocket money for a stained glass window in Coventry Cathedral yeah. that had been ruined by the Blitz. Yeah. Hey, not not quite able to shoehorn that in into this week's news or anything contemporary. So it did look a little bit like, well, we've, we've got one film yeah. that is presented <laughs> yeah. by someone yeah. who is black. And <laughs> And whatever it is, is it's fine. As soon as that's over, we can go back to Giles Brandreth, Maureen Littman, Ronan Kemp and Gary Kemp, and it will be fine. The film, though, was these... uh, 1962, these kids were kids. Now, Mm. of course, they're they're older, like Alan Davis. And (laughs) And they gave their pocket money. Now, they... What was odd about this? The cathedral was bombed in the war. They then rebuilt it at, at great expense. Churchill visited the site. They had a, a, a photograph of him. And they interviewed a, a guy who was a trainee architect, I think, who helped redesign Coventry Cathedral and built it up from the ashes. And Churchill visited on behalf of the government. And, mm. But then they got the local children to pay for the windows. It's like, why, why can't the government pay for that? What's going on? Or oh, oh, the church. The church has got loads of money. Yeah. The building's planners wanted to involve the city in its construction. They sent out a request to the school children of Coventry to donate their pocket money for one of the new building's striking windows. In the end, over 100,000 children sent in their spare change and the result is this magnificent piece of stained glass art christened the children's window. Getting kids in... To give their money, and then I'm sure there was surplus, and I'm sure the person designing it didn't go, "Well, I'll take a reduced fee as children are paying me." It's, it's just I madness. I also there was the great granddaughter of one of the women uh, was there, and the and the guy, the resident artist, asked her, "Oh, if it was now, would you give up your pocket money?" And I just think everything in that child's eyes said no. She <laughs> <laughs> was being filmed. If you were asked today to donate your pocket money for the windows in this building would you do it yeah and you want to be part of it eh? yeah good and it made me think i wonder if that's what the climate was like at the time as well which is oh we can ask all the local kids and in retrospect they all think that it was a really great thing and it must be amazing walking into that cathedral and seeing something that you helped to pay for but i can't imagine at the time that they were particularly enthused by the idea of after the war and everything's been bombed give up your pocket money I just wanted one of those pensioners, as they are now, to just go, can I have my 60p back? (laughs) There is just, if adults do stuff and they ask kids to pay for it, it's not right. Pay for your own stained glass. But also it's not really their money, is it? It's their parents' small bit of change that they've decided to give to their children in order for their kids to 
not bug them for those sweets at the sweet shop or whatever. So now yeah. they might just bug their parents for that thing at the sweet shop because they've not been able to pay for it with their own pocket money. So it's Helen, I understand exactly what you mean. We should smash it. We should, <laughs> we should stand up for what we believe in and smash that and, and give the broken pieces back to the elderly children of, of Coventry. As part of the city of culture, gotcha. it's like a piece of performance art. Yeah. Yeah. Smash the yeah. I, I will... I will need that to be funded by more children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello you. My name's Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives. So they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, Dave, were you yawning at the start of that sentence then? Was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl isolation podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Rule of Threes, your Brian and Rogers, your musicals, your bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting because, let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Kevin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We, we do need to talk about the aforementioned Kemps and Brandreth and Lipman, I think. So they're on to promote Celebrity Gogglebox. A new series is coming up, I presume, and so Maureen Lipman and Giles Brandreth have been paired together to watch TV in a house. I didn't know whether it was Brandreth's or Lippmann's, but they are a celebrity goggle box works. I guess they just put two celebrities together in a, in a house. But Martin and Roman Kemp are father and son, of course. Roman Kemp is the presenter of the Capital Radio Breakfast Show, mm. I believe, and uh, his dad is the pop star Martin Kemp. So they were all on Zoom being interviewed about that the first thing we saw was a clip of Gogglebox whereby I just got completely distracted by the dirty underside of Martin Kemp's sock and <laughs> and Ro- Roman Kemp's bollocks hanging out the side know, of I his know. shorts there you go you going to do your dad dance huh yep yeah. fingers I don't 
dance like that. That's your dance you move. That. Your dance move is this. No, it isn't. Hand in the pocket, peace sign. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, babe, he's probably watching that back thinking, why did nobody tell me to pull down my shorts? I know. It was horrific. All I could look at was his upper inner thigh. It was I know. Just but it was, so, it was so loose and flapping about, wasn't it? And it was only the shadow that spared his blushes of a little Kemp ball coming out. And then they, they, they had this weird game they concocted whereby each celebrity couple had to reenact what they called classic television and the others had to guess what it was. Tonight we're putting their knowledge to the test by revisiting some classic moments that would have been great actually as Gogglebox fodder wouldn't they? Yes but rather than just playing the clips they're going to use their acting skills now each pair has been given transcripts of a big television moment (laughs) one pair acts, the other team has to identify the show and the characters involved. So Giles and Maureen you're up first with your scene. Take it away. This was a disastrous game. It was game. appalling. And, and, and maybe after maybe after each one had had a go, it would have been time to wrap it up. Alex said at the start, they did the first one. The first one was a clip from, I thought it was the thick of it. And it turned out it was, uh, they were reading out lines from an episode of The Apprentice. So you didn't write that? Uh, I could have written that. I think you did write that. Oh, it's possible that I wrote that. <laughs> now, I'd really rather you didn't lie about this. I mean, it, it's highly likely I wrote that. What, what percentage likely? Yeah, probably 90% likely that I wrote that. Would you say it's 100% likely that you wrote that? <sighs> you wrote that, didn't you? OK, yeah. <laughs> OK, Martin and Roman, where do you think those, uh, that, that scene is from? I haven't a clue. But how? Hey, of course they didn't guess that. Yeah. I had no idea what they were talking about. Like, I'm fairly sure 100% of the viewing public, including the people from The Apprentice, if they happened to be watching yeah. it, had no idea. It, was what, so it wasn't niche. a classic, Alec, classic television. Alex said it's a hard one to start with. OK, well, we will tell you because it is a, quite a tough one to start with. It's actually The Apprentice. That's not the best way to set up a television <laughs> game. Don't start with the hard one. And then the next one was, it turned out it was the Newsnight interview with Jeremy Paxman and former Conservative leader Michael Howard did you threaten to overrule him ah well the truth of the matter is Mr Marriott was not suspended (laughs) did you threaten to overrule him I did not overrule Derek Lewis did you threaten to overrule him I I did I took the advice on um, what I could or could not do very good. OK, this goes on for about 10 minutes. We shall stop yes. you there. It's a good effort. Giles and Maureen, do you have any ideas? Which was from 1997. That was 23 years but ago. But they got it. That was what was completely unbelievable. I thought someone <laughs> had whispered this to somebody. Is it a soap of some night. kind? It's, it's not a soap, Giles. Uh, uh, Maureen? I think it's Newsnight. I think it's Paxman weighing into... Um, um, oh, Thing with the glasses. Please, you're right. Michael Howard, Howard bingo. And then Maureen did that great line where she said, oh, yes, I know what it is. And they said, yep. And she went, um, now that is the start <laughs> of the type of interviewing that made Boris Johnson not go on the Today programme. And it was the second time this week where everyone's bumhole went tiny, oh, where yeah. everyone just went, <laughs> Maureen, yes, right. Michael Howard and Paxman. Interestingly, that's the start of that style of interviewing which drove Boris to stop going on the Today programme. 
absolutely right. Not. Okay. Uh, Kempies, you've got some uh, some points to make up. Politics. And Alex Everyone, simply uh, moved it on as fast yeah. as she possibly could. <laughs> Everyone go quiet because someone is talking about politics. <laughs> Give two seconds of silence and pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> That's basically the way they do it. Oh. And then they so did good. they did a, a, a Towie and then Dallas. And, uh, they were surprisingly I mean, good, though. No, considering they picked the acting. a scene from no, but I'm more mean the guessing. They picked a really specific random scene for the hot from the whole of the history of television, and they got like <laughs> two or true. three out of four. It was insane. Mm. It was insane. But also, I just couldn't get over how much Alex and what's your mate called um, Gethin. Gethin just were so apologetic for the fact they were clearly having to do this because they couldn't think of anything to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Because I guess, like, how do you promote a show, which is people responding to television, how do you interview those people on television about yeah. them watching yeah. television? And, as and they basically had, there were two questions they asked about it. The first one was they said, Giles, we did this before. You were with <laughs> Sheila Hancock <laughs> and now you're with Maureen. What happened there? <laughs> and he, he just sort of went, well, I'm having so much fun with Maureen. And it's like, yeah. what's happened? What is, is Sheila Hancock? Have you had her killed? What have you yeah. done with her? Let's talk about uh, Gogglebox. You've actually done this show before with Sheila Hancock, but I, she's gone I, and now you've got a new partner and Maureen. I'm very excited. It's become more Gigglebox than Gogglebox, judging from our first <laughs> night together. Hilarious. It's brilliant. Well, the other question she asked is, what shows have you seen? And Maureen Lippman went, she said, look, I've seen a lot of shows I'm never going to watch again. I'll tell you that much. And Alex went, oh, name and shame. Name and shame them. Well, I've watched six or seven programmes that I'll never watch before and will never watch again. <laughs> Go on, name and shame, Maureen. What were they? What? What are you doing? No, want, she should have gone. So, it's yours. It's yours, Alex. <laughs> it's this style of shit. And actually, in fairness, because of that bit now, I feel like Alex Jones can never complain about this show. Because when Maureen Lippman said there were some shows I didn't enjoy, and Alex was like, which fucking ones? <laughs> well, it's like, well, that's what we do now. It's like, it, But it, Maureen said, well, Gordon fucking Ramsay. <laughs> on television and, at seven what? o'clock in the evening. Oh, well, there's Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> in a weird way, not saying it doesn't make it that much better. No. But also, no. it's Gordon it was, Ramsay, you know, we all know what that word is going to be. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's a word associated with him, it's going to be an expletive. You did not need to be a lip reader to see Lord Maureen Lippman mouthing the word fucking in utter close-up <laughs> down her Zoom lens on primetime television either. It was magnificent. All it's, hail it's, Lippman, I say. Absolutely all hail Lippman. She is brilliant. And, uh, uh, you know, you can see why they've replaced Sheila Hancock with Maureen <laughs> Lippman. It would be great if Giles had just gone, well, I mean, it's such an upgrade. It's Maureen fucking Lippman. <laughs> you know, uh, I love Sheila Hancock and everything, but even on Just a Minute, she's the worst one. This woman <laughs> is Maureen motherfucking Lippman. And Ma- <laughs> sorry, Maureen... by the way just just a quick gethin fact for everyone here a very easy mistake to make but giles brandreth his his first name is giles it's not the word jaws which he said thanks very much to jaws and maureen Um, so there you go well done jaws and maureen gethin mate come on he did that just to annoy you I, I give Gethin so that. much. I, I'm so behind him getting it right. No, he also lost confidence in the game. Well, we all lost confidence in the game more yeah, or less as it started. Terrible. But he lost confidence in it at the end when he sort of said, "And uh, so Giles and Maureen are the champions of the one show goggle box, whatever that game was. And <laughs> <laughs> so we were forced to play. You are the champions of the yeah. one show goggle box, whatever the, that game was. Uh, we well cannot done. wait. 
honestly, guys, I came away with the... I didn't realise because I was watching telly and absorbed, but I realised as it ended, I would just watch the whole thing with the biggest smile on my face. I think because it was like a big car crash, but also you could see that everyone involved did not want to do it. So we're all desperately trying to make it work. It was beautiful. I did love because Chris Packham, uh, as we've already talked about, was it was in this as well from his garden, the New Forest National Park, (laughs) where where we and we've seen Chris Packham on the show before, where he's just walked down the end of his path into a woodland Mm. and sort of showed off to the one show viewers who live in high-rise flats who don't have so much of a window box, where he's just sort of gone, look at my entire empire of wildlife <laughs> that I've cultivated. But Moving he was sort of in. standing there with promoting uh, Spring Watch, wasn't it? With his, his cameras, yeah. watching foxes at night and hedgehogs and birds in their nests and all this kind of thing. And then they were talking about a butterfly that was a bit of a dull-looking butterfly that Alex said, she sort of tried to describe it, and she said, well, it's a sort of a, and he said, a beautiful butterfly. She was midway through the sentence, which ended on, it's just a brown one. (laughs) (laughs) Which, given her stance on Black Lives Matter, I thought was offensive. (laughs) Peter wanted to know what this butterfly was that he spotted in Somerset. It's sort of a... Yeah, this is a... a a brown one. A beautiful little butterfly. Well, <laughs> hold on. Don't be disparaging about the little brown jobs. They're often very, very interesting. This is a speckled wood butterfly. I like this bit. I mean, Chris Packham is really good. And he comes out and he, and he nails it. There was a great bit where he did a classic sort of, I am wrapping up my piece. And he sort of went, so, good stuff. And it cut yeah, back to the yeah. studio. And the two of them were just staring at the screen and they couldn't think of anything to say. And there was just silence. Look at this. Look how brave the little sandpiper is when it takes on this much larger mammal. Good stuff. We've had uh, quite a few questions, uh, Chris, from last week, haven't we? We have, we have. Fascinated by what you've been doing. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they zoned out because he was talking about hedgehogs or something. I wonder if they just zoned out and then they realised, oh my god, he's got to the end. But we can't respond because we don't know what he's. Just, he can't go. Oh, very good if he's just talked about you know a caterpillar eating <laughs> some other animal. And Chris Packer mentioned he was talking about that someone had sent him videos going, "I've got two hedgehogs in my garden and, and they're, they're not getting on anymore." <laughs> it's the most British like worry <laughs> in your life. Now then, Ben and Francis. Right. They have got a hedgehog house um, and they've got some footage um, of one of the hedgehogs behaving quite aggressively towards the other. Usually they big mate, they dance around each other. What could have caused this to kick off in the way it has, do you think, Chris? And uh, Chris Packer was like, I think it's another hedgehog, he said. But hedgehogs do, they, they do fight. I think it's probably another hedgehog, not the usual two that are there. They can be quite territorial animals, particularly around food. So at this time of year when it's been very dry they might have been struggling to find their slugs and snails out in the environment becoming more dependent on the food that's being put out and therefore we've seen an increased level of aggression but they're quite scrappy hedgehogs and when they really get fighting they make a horrendous sound you can sometimes hear it at night in the bushes sounds like a squealing pig really loud too and i was like oh that's why they're called hedgehogs isn't it because they make a noise obviously that's like 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 hog squealing. Oh my God. I was like, I have, I had no idea. All I, I really want to see hedgehogs fighting now, and I really want to hear that noise because it's oh so good that someone is like, gosh. that noise is so amazing. We're going to call them hedgehogs. 
Have just you, because they're like have you learned the something Helen here I was just gonna say you should be you should become one of the QI elves update <laughs> 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 I think that's abs- I'd not even process that that's what I hadn't made that link in my head that's that's gonna be one of my facts that I now am able to well, answer tell, everything when I, with when I tell you why blue tits are so called it's gonna blow your mind <laughs> <laughs> If you're, if you're, if you're hearing the word hedgehog, it's that weird thing about when you hear a word that you've taken for granted yeah. all your life, and then you take a step back because someone's broken it down. Yeah. And it'd be like if you, if the French called like squirrels tree pigs, you'd be like a tree pig. You got to call it a tree, oh, un cochon d'arbre or something. You know, it's just weird and hedgehog. Fucking hell! That's Speaking just brilliant. Um, of, uh, of of hedges and things that might be dragged through them, look at my segue. Uh, I just want to bring bring our attention to this week's handbrake turn, which I thought was a magnificent example of the genre. If one is um, indulging in in an episode of handbrake turn watch, as I am, um, right? So Packham, yep, there he is talking about wildlife. Back to the studio. Well, from a man looking for wildlife to a man looking more wild as lockdown goes on. Nice. It's Bob Geldof. Yeah, from a man looking for wildlife to a man looking more and more wild, honestly, as lockdown goes on, it's a Bob Geldof. Nice. <laughs> very, very good. Nice. We got one uh, single tweet that was supposed to be for the one show during this show, uh, and it came in, and someone called Megan Wills said, oh, for goodness sake, we've had US riots and violence all day on the news. Give it a flipping rest. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, it sounds like a prick. And you know, I actually had a look at her um, a Twitter handle. And her Twitter handle is the very convincing at MeganY90287242. It's a proper bot response. The bots are monitoring the one show. I was really pleased that they think it's like a... You know, a worrying sign when the one show becomes politically aware. So now I'm, I'm all for it. Anyone got any yeah. other business? Anything else before we? Uh... Just I'm so I am so grateful for you bringing the one show back into my life. I think I know what I'll be doing. <laughs> In fact, it's coming up to that time now. I better go and put the kettle on and. Yeah, Helen, you are welcome back anytime. <laughs> And there, we must draw a line in the one show sand for this week. Please do rate and review this podcast in Apple or whatever for all the good it will do. And if you'd be so kind, share the fact that this podcast even exists on your social media. Spread it far and wide amongst friends, relatives and colleagues like it was the poor man's coronavirus now that lockdown's been relaxed. And while you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at the one show, the one show also looks back into you. Goodbye. If you're a fan of all things geeky, you're going to love Concessions, a brand new podcast by comedian Matt Hunton and myself, Beck Hill where we interview your favourite cult heroes at Comic-Cons all across the world. We've got stars from Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Walking Dead and more. Make sure you tune in soon to Con Sessions. Great Big Owl. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.